0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Mondays we're joined by really the voice of the NHL Network, and that is EJ Raddick. How are you, sir? <laughs>
1: I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's nice to be the voice of something. I'm
0: not even yeah. voice my own house. No. So that's nice. Forget it. I'm like I got yeah I'm I'm fifth in a family of four as far as like my vote.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> Uh-huh. I hear you. So I hear you.
0: No, but it, it and I was just telling EJ uh you know being on the road with with a hockey team you've got listen, Minnesota's a beautiful city and it was actually a very nice day on Saturday. But you are kind of mm-hmm. restricted on what you can do and we stayed in Minneapolis and the games in St. Paul, so we had like a 30-minute commute and you got to get your luggage on the bus to go to the plane after the game like at like four o'clock. So Dave and I got to the arena, long story short, like four 30 and they got a great spread in Minnesota. So we were feasting on the food and getting piped through the press room was EJ calling the game with Kevin Weeks wild and the, the, uh, the predators and the Oilers. So we enjoyed it. Great job, EJ. Well,
1: thank you very much. Thank you very much. I've had, I have, uh, this Sunday I'll be doing the, the,
0: uh, the Panthers and Blackhawks.
1: I'll be
0: taking... Going on Sunday afternoon at one. So, you know. yeah. So it was it, it was nice, and, and and I got to call a great game too. The the a, a shootout yeah. five four wild win the game. But let let's start with the Rangers because they're going through some things here. Really for the first time in a while, EJ. You know you lose Adam Fox, one of the best defensemen on the planet, uh, for at least the next month, and then you lose a center in Philip Heedle for you know, at least the next week, and we'll see if that ends up being longer. Shesterkin's banged up, although I thought Jonathan Quick was terrific on Saturday. You know, these this, the, the Fox, it, that's, that's a tough guy to lose. He's only the best player on your team, so uh, the Rangers found a way to earn a point on the road, and they're still playing terrific, but this is going to be a nice test for them to have to move forward without Adam Fox, and it's certainly, I think, going to do damage to what's the third best power play in the NHL.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, that's unfortunately, um, you know, the way of things with injuries and you hope to avoid them. I guess if you're going to have them, this is probably the time of year to have them, right? I mean, the uh, Rangers did, get, know, have gotten off to a good start and they have a little bit of a cushion, which is nice. So, uh, but unfortunately, you know, you lose those guys. So uh, they have to make use And, and November is a busy month. I'm looking at their schedule. They got the, the Red Wings, the Wilds, the Blue Jackets, the Devils all in the next uh you know, ten days or so, t- two weeks. Dallas, Pittsburgh, so I mean they got some tough games coming up. So yeah, they'll miss Fox. They hope they can get Hedo back as soon as possible. Hopefully they can get Shisterkin back as soon as possible. And I would I the only thing I would say is again, the timing is such that uh you know, it, it, it's not like you lose the guy in in the playoffs or late in the season when you're when you're getting ready for the playoffs. So right. hopefully he's going to be fine. Hopefully this is where you have time in your schedule to make sure that the guy is right when he comes back. You know, when you get to the playoffs, you try to rush guys back, and you know, that tends to make matters worse. So uh, hopefully all those guys will 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 be uh, you know will get back in the lineup soon, but. Rangers do have a little cushion and we'll give an opportunity for some other players to step up and show what they
0: can do. Yeah, and they do catch a bit of a break, I and mean, it's not going to help with, with Fox necessarily, uh, but with Heedle, you know, they've got this week of games uh, Tuesday against Detroit, as you said, Minnesota comes on Thursday, Columbus on Sunday, and they don't play again till the following Saturday. So it's kind of they got a a six days off here. So that's good. That's not a lot of games for Fox to miss in that period of time. And then maybe they can get Heedle. Even if Heedle's not ready this week, you know he'll he should uh, not miss too many games.
1: Well, we'll like I said, they built the cushion. They're you know eight two and one. They're sitting atop the the Metro, and uh, you know hopefully they get by. I mean that'll be an interesting game with Detroit. That's a game where you really want to have. Adam Fox with the Red Wings play with a lot of pace. It would be nice to be able to match that, having Fox back there. But, like I say, the Raiders have a pretty good group of defensemen. It's pretty deep. It's obviously not the same without Fox. But, you know, this is an opportunity, as they mentioned, for other guys to step up and to help out. And, you know, it's a long season. I mean, uh, teams go through a lot of ups and downs. I mean, I'm looking at the standings here. Carolina. You know, they're seven and five. It's been a kind of whirlwind for them. And now they're getting news that, you know, Freddie Anderson has some health challenges. They're bringing Yarrow Hawak in to take a look at him as maybe someone that could come and join them in the short term. So, you know, everybody has their challenges. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the Rangers will have to deal with theirs.
0: And I don't know if you've had this happen doing play by play. And we, we looked it up. And I don't ever remember this happening in any game that I've ever called or any game that I've ever watched. The the they blow the three nothing lead, they're they trailing four three Ends up ends up getting tied at four. And the ice was really tilted because the Minnesota threw out the, with that Felino Maroon and Erickson Eck line and it really was effective physically on the Rangers. Each late in that game, the Rangers got stuck on the ice for three minutes and forty seconds. Three minutes, wow. <laughs> Dave looked it up. Like and they're, they're lucky, some of the younger players, I think Zach Jones got stuck out there for a long time. But I don't remember in, in a pivotal point in a game, that late in the game, to where you saw that much time in the offensive zone where they could not get a change, and they didn't give up a goal and didn't commit a penalty. <laughs> it was just it was just incredible that they got stuck on the ice for that long a period of time. I, I've seen it for maybe two-plus minutes, but Dave looked it up after, and they might have gotten a guy or two off at some point but uh, but i think jones was stuck out there for 3 minutes and 40 seconds that's an incredible amount of time and he's no chris chelios
1: yeah i know no that is a, that is a crazy amount of time i mean that is especially like to your point not giving up a goal and not taking a penalty what usually happens if you don't get scored on is you usually somebody just takes the penalty out of exhaustion and uh you know that's that's pretty crazy i mean yeah. I, I know that you know, I go back to the, the Cup final last year with Vegas and Florida. There were stretches in that last game when Vegas just totally owned Florida. Florida was, was uh, really struggling in the second period, and Vegas had a long stretches in the offensive zone, but I don't even think that was three minutes and 40 seconds. And that ended up they scored, I think, twice because they scored, and then they came back and scored again. So, uh, you know, it's all different. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, in the second period that usually happens. So in the third period for it to happen is even, even crazier.
0: Yeah, just, it was just one of those games, and they were fortunate to get a point. Uh, staying in that area, uh, Devils with a nice win last night uh, after getting news that it's week to week now with uh, with Hughes, and it just stinks, right? I mean, this is one of the best players in the National Hockey League, but the the, the injury bug has just kind of haunted him here early in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's had some, some challenges, there's no doubt about it, and... Uh... You know, when he's healthy, you can see we can see what he does. He's, you know, he's one of the very, very best players in the league. So he'll have to get through that. They also had the injury of Nico Heischer, so that's another issue. So I mean, everybody's dealing with it. Seems like everybody's dealing with different injuries. Hopefully, in the case of those guys, everybody's going to be okay and get back. Um, and as my colleague Tony Luffin likes to say, we always root for the we always root for the health and safety of the players. So um, hopefully, those guys will be okay. But. Uh, That's a concern, right? I mean, if you're the Devils, if you're any team, really, when you have a guy that's had, you know, kind of every year, he's had deals with something. Last year was really minor for for for, he played almost all, I think he played almost all the games last year. So, you know, that was something different. But a couple of years ago, he was out for an extended period of time. So hopefully he's going to be back. He slammed into the wall pretty hard in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, again, this is the time of year. Do it right. Don't rush out-of-box. Don't rush Jack Hughes back. Get those guys completely healthy and right when you can get them back into the lineup, because both of those teams are majors and the devils are more than likely going to be playoff teams.
0: Yeah, so no no Hughes, no Heesh here. They beat Chicago. And EJ, I don't think you had on your, uh, your bingo card that the Vegas Golden Knights' first regulation loss would come you know, blowing a 2 nothing lead in the third period against the Ducks. Give yeah. the Ducks credit. The Ducks have played well. They've, they've beaten Boston. They've beaten Vegas now. They've actually been a pretty decent team here, but uh, 2 nothing in the third period, you felt pretty comfortable that they were going to win that game, and they end up giving up four unanswered goals and lose 4-2.
1: Yeah, you know, it's always, you know, like we talk about, it's not always who you play, it's when you play them. And, you know, Vegas has been on an unbelievable run to start the season. They just blew the doors off Vegas on Saturday night, or excuse me, Colorado, Colorado on Saturday night, 7 seven nothing, right? So they come in the next night, they're on the road, they're in Anaheim, they're up 2 nothing in the game. But, you know, human nature is such. I mean, Anaheim hadn't played in a couple of days. They're revved up. They had won five games in a row. They're feeling good about themselves right now. You know, they open the third period with the power play. Henrique gets a power play goal. Garrick gets a, a turnover. He ends up making a nice play to finish. And then around the net, McTavish is able to... And uh, you know, McTavish has been... He's going to be a really good player in the team, yeah. Mason McTavish, and he ends up scoring what turned out to be the game winner. So... You know, I, I really like what I've seen from the Anaheim Ducks so far. Greg Cronin, I've been a big Greg Cronin fan for a while. I think I've probably mentioned it to you on the show before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm really excited for him to get a head coaching job in the National Hockey League. I mean, this is this is the guy that is just, you know, it's the old story. There's two lines in life, one for the credit and one for the work. And, and Greg has always been on the line for the work, and uh, he's not a big self-promoter, and maybe that's why. It took him until he was 60 years old to get a head coaching job in the NHL, but he is, I think, a great hockey guy, and uh, he's gone in there in Anaheim, and they've got some really good young players, and they've got some guys you're going to be hearing more and more about. Uh, Pavel Minchikov, is, uh, I mean, he's 19 years old, he's got seven assists already, and, and he's going to—he's a player, and it's just you know, he is going to be someone that's going to really help that team moving forward. They've got some other guys that. Aren't even there yet. That that are in their system. That are going to be coming soon. That are going to be really good players. Jamie Drysdale's been out. The Anaheim Ducks. You know, you you, you overlook them at your own peril because they are going to come and they are going to work hard. And Greg Cronin has done a nice job with that group. And Don Gibson played well in the first two periods and kept it close. And and Anaheim gets the win. So six in a row for the Ducks. I don't know how sustainable sustainable it is this season over time, but I can tell you they're having a lot of fun. They're playing really hard and uh, they got real direction with Greg behind the bench. So, uh, you know, good win for the Ducks, and you're right, you don't expect it. But Vegas, when you think about it, second of a back-to-back after a really big win, an emotional high against the team, they probably feel like they have to go through at some point to get back to the final. I mean, you knew there'd be a little bit of a letdown, and mm-hmm. uh, Anaheim took advantage.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast,
1: lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank talktous talk to us what would you like the power to do mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america
0: and a member fdse feel terrible for what's happening in san jose and what david quinn's going through there I think he's a good coach. Wow. They just don't have any players right now. And Couture is injured 0-10-1. They've out, been outscored the last two games 20-3. to It is it's just a horror show there. It's incredible. Minus 43 goal differential. I, I mentioned it on Friday. It's almost the reversal of, of the positive of Boston last year. Remember, Boston was winning all the games and had like a goal yeah, differential yep. so much better than everybody else. It's the exact opposite in San Jose.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, you know... They've got coming up uh, this week Philadelphia on Tuesday, Edmonton on Thursday, and then they're back-to-back. They're in Vegas on Friday, and then they play in Anaheim on Sunday. We just talked about the Ducks. So, I mean, like, I don't know the, where, where the winds are coming, but uh, this is a real struggle right now for them. There's no question about it. Even the games earlier where, you know, they were they were close in some games. Remember going to overtime with Colorado. You know, that seems like forever ago now, but Mackenzie Blackwood made like 50-something saves in that game. That's the only reason it got there. So it's a real struggle. Obviously, they're in a rebuild. But, you know, you wonder if it continues in this direction, just complete catastrophe, whether or not that they have to make a move in some way. And I don't think in any way, shape, or form it's David Quinn's fault because... To your point, I mean, he doesn't have the players. And his best player, Logan Couture, is not playing right now. So, you know, when you think about a, a, your number one center as a lineup, I mean, it makes a difference. So um, I don't know how it's going to go there. It's going to be a long season. It was going to be a long season no matter what. But right now, boy, it seems like uh, you'd, think it's, you'd think they've hit bottom. Yeah, But I'm not sure. That's not a good roster. And uh, – you know, for teams now that are going to play the San Jose Sharks, the problem is after these losses is teams are not going to overlook the Sharks because they will not want to be the team that loses
0: right. the Sharks.
1: So that is going to make it even more difficult for San Jose and that they will not get anybody kind of asleep at the wheel, so to speak, against them and where they could take advantage. Everybody who comes in is going to be well aware yep. to get right night, can't afford to lose here. We got to play the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll be focused on it. So, so we'll see. I, again, they're in a rebuild. We saw that. You know, Chicago tore everything down. They were more competitive last year, at least uh, on the whole, than San Jose has been so far. But I can only say this: if it continues in this direction with these lopsided games and um, you know, just just awful play, I think that Mike Lear is going to have to consider doing something just to change it up. And yeah. again. I just I feel for David Quinn and I feel for the coaching staff, you know, and again the players because they're in the battle every night and and they're just it's, it's hard. These are competitive people that have had a lot of success throughout their lives, and now they're uh, you know really it's these are painful type losses to take.
0: Speaking of painful, it's getting painful in Ottawa. The Pinto news broke right after yeah. we recorded last week, and there's so much to dive into there. And then Dorian's out after the fine. And the loss of a first-round pick with the um, with the Golden Knight Duck deal with Dadenoff. So, what a, what a disaster for a team! I think we were both high on going into the season. Just what a mess there in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, I, I was very bullish on the Ottawa Senators. I still am. I mean, I still think they have really good personnel. They've had some injuries to start the season, aside from the other distractions. But at the end of the day, they're just going to have to figure it out, you know. And their and their management group is going to have to figure out okay. Where are we going with DJ Smith? I mean, is he staying or is he going? And um, you know, their schedule—they've got some tough opponents coming up. They're at Toronto on Wednesday. That's always a rivalry game. Then they're back home for against the Canucks, who've been playing great hockey. Then they got Calgary, Calgary, and then they have a little break before they get to Detroit. But you know, the time is slipping away fast in the Eastern Conference. And if you look at things, I mean, they are—you uh, know—they're near the bottom of things right now. So. Um, it's it's not good for the Ottawa Senators. In fact, they are in the bottom side with Pittsburgh of all teams, both four and six. They're they're both only four points out of the last playoff spot, with a game in hand on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But you know, another couple of losses, and all of a sudden, you know, you have to jump several teams to get to that spot. So uh, they got to figure it out. They got to figure it out fast.
0: Uh, and the one thing with, with Pinto, and I don't know if you have any more details than what was released about the, the, the red flags on his computer with gambling. Did the, the, the hypocrisy? You know, they've got a uh, uh, they've got an app for gambling uh, as a sponsor on their helmet, and now they're suspending. No, there's there's both things can exist, EJ, where you can be in get in bed with betting, but also still have rules that have to be followed. So I don't see the hypocrisy. You know, like you hear people in baseball say, oh, they're in bed with uh, sports betting now. Why isn't Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? Well, they're two separate things. Just because they're in bed with gambling doesn't mean that players and managers can then bet on baseball. So he didn't bet on any hockey, EJ. But, you know, where do you fall on this whole debate of the hypocrisy and also any details on what exactly he did wrong?
1: Yeah, I don't have too many details on it other than, you know, that from what I understood, it was like that his account, other friends, uh, I don't know if it was family members, probably just friends that had access to his account, and so, you know, they would make these proxy bets, you know, in other places, because you know the way it works is everything is geo-fenced, right? So if you live in New Jersey, you can bet in New Jersey, you can't bet in another state, you know, if it's not legal there, so... Um, I'm not sure exactly all the details. Obviously, it was enough to cause the NHL to step up and do what they did. Um, You know, as for you know, I do think that you know, in a society that the the world has changed dramatically in the last what is it, Donnie? Five, six, seven years in terms of gambling and sports. I mean, this has changed dramatically, and we have the the the, um, the advertisements everywhere. Uh, have Connor McGavin and Wayne Gretzky are doing advertisements for, for sports gambling. Um, it's everywhere, and I think it's uh, it's going to be challenging for all the sports leagues moving forward. They're trying to, you know, I think the the league is trying to make a, an example of Shane Pinto in that, like, hey, this is you know, this is where we're at, and if you want to play these games, guys, this is where you'll end up. So, um, I do think it's going to, you know, the world has changed and it's dramatically it's different and uh, it seems odd that, you know, we have all this, uh, you know, we have all these, all, these, uh, all these advertisements and the top people in the sports are telling uh, everyone about the sports gambling and yet, you know, the players get in trouble for it. But, the, you know, you're right, there's rules against it. You know, the, the integrity of the game is at stake. I'm just concerned that, uh, you know, it is such a big deal now but it's going to be hard to manage moving forward. So so we'll see. I feel bad for Shane Pinto. It's been a really tough first couple of weeks of the season with not being able to get through a contract with the Ottawa Senators. And then this happening, um, he's going to have to go through the, the process here of the 41 games. They do, they do count the Senators' games, although he's not under contract at this point. These 10 games that they've played do count, so he's got 31 more games. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's something that's going to be more and more prevalent, right, Tom? Because, again, the world has changed dramatically in terms of sports betting in, you know, over the last several years, and everybody being able to have it really with just you know, a touch on their phone, it's going to be more challenging. Oh.
0: Hey, listen, if we want to have a conversation about being a little bit more lenient now because of how prevalent gambling is with these players, I mean, the NFL's got it where you're allowed to bet on other sports, but you get suspended if you do it at the facility. I mean, it does seem a little ridiculous, but if you so, if you want to be a little bit more lenient and understanding, okay. But in training camp, these guys are all told what they can and can't do, and yeah, they should be able to understand absolutely. that. So, so I don't feel bad for him. I don't see the hypocrisy. But if you want to say, okay, listen, these guys are going to bet, so let's let's try to be a little bit more lenient. I'm open for that conversation, but uh, you know,
1: well, I I just think it's tough. I mean, you're asking these guys now just to pretend they don't live in a society where where they're being inundated with, you know, advertising for gambling. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, I agree that they, the players have the rules. They should understand that. But it's like, about, it, you know, like, listen, people have uh, drug problems. People have drinking problems. It's been very widely known that people have gambling problems that uh, that happen to them in their lives. And I think we are, as a society, kind of, you know, facilitating, the advancement of some of these problems for people who who have a weakness for it. So people are going to, you know, I think generally across the board, you know, I know I have a couple of young sons that like sports and, you know, I wonder like in their lives, are they going to have an issue with this? I'm hoping not. You try to teach people to do the right thing and to stay within your means and do everything in moderation and as a, as a form of entertainment, but, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge for society as more and more people are doing this, and some people yeah. are not going to be able to handle it well. So it, why would, you know, athletes are just human beings, and they're going to be the share of those people that have that problem. And, you know, this is going to be another layer of issues that that sports teams are going to have to deal with uh, as we move forward.
0: And um, where do you stand on the decision to let Dorian go?
1: Well, I think it was pretty clear that, you know, he was probably – going to be moved out anyway. I okay. mean, like, Steve staos was coming in. There's a new owner. I mean, they, normally you want to have your people, and that's why D.J. Smith, I think, you know, they, he gets he's getting a lot of confidence. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this owner, this management group at the top, he's not their guy. So, maybe he'll survive it. Maybe he won't. But, you know, Pierre Dorian was in the same boat. The Ottawa Senators made some, you know, some real mistakes in the way they handled some of the things they've done there. And you heard the owner talk about it. It wasn't just, I mean, this was the obvious case that everybody knew about with, uh, you know, the NHL investigates and there was some impropriety and, you know, some, some non-professional behavior by the Ottawa senators management group at that time that led to these problems. But, you know, the owner made light, you know, uh, Michael Edler made light of the fact that there's been some other challenges there. And some other mistakes that were made. And so, you know that goes back into the Eugene Melnick era and uh, you know they've got to clean that up so i think that they would with these sales kind of leading this uh, this group in terms of their hockey operations they've got to go out and and find out who are the people they want there and bring them in and and, and start fresh and so it's going to be a challenge for DJ Smith and the fans are on him right now and the team's not winning you know that's the problem and it you know, I don't know if they have anybody in mind to come in there and take over, but if they do, I mean, it's probably better sooner than later, just because um, it seems like an inevitable, inevitable circumstance.
0: Can you believe that Sidney Crosby is playing this many games already? I mean, we saw this kid get drafted, and it is just incredible.
1: Yeah. He should be played probably in another couple of hundred, right? Because yeah, right. Injury situation that he had throughout his career. I mean, and
0: lockouts yeah, and all. You know,
1: that. Down, I guess, yeah, we get to a stage in our lives, right? Because you know we've been around a while now. We've got we've watched guys you know come into the league and leave the league in our career. We've had long NHL careers, so I think it's just a uh, part and parcel of the longevity that we've been fortunate enough to have in the business. I mean, I can remember when. You know, Wayne Gretzky was like the first player that I noticed that was younger than me. You know, I mean, I, he was a guy that was playing in the National Hockey League, and he was a younger person than I was at that time. And obviously it's been a long time for both of us. Since then.
0: Right.
1: But I mean, think about it. Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky hasn't played in, in what, 20-plus years? Almost 25 years since Wayne Gretzky retired. So, I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of things, which is great. And it's been really. We've been very fortunate, I would say, to uh, to be in the situation we've been in. But it's just funny
0: how time goes by. No, and, and you're right because he, he uh, missed those. Still good. Still he missed playing? those games because of the concussion, right? Concussions, and then the the, the, yep. the short the 48 game season with a lockout, and then of course the COVID season. So yeah, he probably would be sitting at 1,400. Same with Ovechkin too. Although he didn't miss as many games because of injury, but you know these guys have played a ton of games and probably be played even more.
1: Yeah, well, these are great players and great careers. Like, again, the Hockey Hall of Fame ceremony is next Monday. I'll be up there again for NHL Network uh, covering that. And, um, you know, we honor guys who are great players that had great careers. And, uh, you know, Crosby and Oveston are obviously going to be first ballot, no-brainer Hall of Famers. I mean, for me, Sidney Crosby's a top-five player to ever play the game. Yeah. So um, these are are guys that are special athletes. And... uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to see, we were fortunate enough to see their, the entire career. Like i remember, be, I remember, you know, being at Sidney Crosby's first NHL game at the old Meadowlands against the Devils. Yeah. And, uh, it, did, it did not go well for the Penguins that night. And the devil fans were cheering Zach is better. And you know, and Zach Parisi and Zach has had a, had a great career as well. I I don't think it's been as, as, uh, as good as Sidney's, but I mean, Zach had a great career as well. So, um, uh, you know, it's it's just funny how that with the passing of time, but uh, it doesn't seem like that long though. I can still remember that it was coming out of the work stoppage in in October of 05, and you know, you wondered if fans were going to come back. And it was a surreal experience for me, Don, because the place was packed and everybody was excited, and it was as if the whole year where we didn't play had never happened. Yeah, right. So, you know, it was a lesson for me that you know in these in the world of Business that uh, we live in with sports now is that you know things go away when they come back. People are very very excited to see it, no matter how ugly it might get when they're not playing. Yeah, love to get to sporting events, and uh, you know that was certainly Sydney's first game was a mile marker in a lot of ways.
0: And unfortunately, that passion is what uh, ends up being taken advantage of, right? Because they know at the end of the day we'll come back because we love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we're lucky. The game is in a good place right now. and get to see, uh, I mean, on uh, a nighttime basis, it's so competitive and so many great stories. And as we watch the Sidney Crosby's and the Alex Ovechkin's, their careers start to sunset, even though they're both still very productive guys, you see the Conor Bedards and the younger players on the other end as the sun starts to rise, and we see that. That kind of changing of the guard. So it's it's a very interesting time in the league, and uh, it's only it seems like it's only going to get more interesting with so many good young players on the horizon.
0: Well, looking forward to it, EJ. Thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. You,
1: you'll see it, at the rink. Friend. Talk to you from Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so.
0: so. Yeah, so you, you can. So you'll be in Toronto, but you'll be able to do it next week.
1: Yeah, I think we'll be able to figure it out. So uh, give me a shout.
0: All right, that's uh, the great E.J. Raddick. You can see him and hear him on the NHL Network. He's going to be doing games, Panthers and the Blackhawks, next Sunday. Just did the Predators and the Oilers this past Saturday. Uh, Just a great guy, we catch up with him every Monday here on uh, the Game misconduct podcast. We've got four games, all pretty interesting. Panthers have done a pretty good job after dropping their first two to start the season, 5-4-1. They'll play host to the Blue Jackets of 4-5-2. Lightning and the Maple Leafs. Lightning have been able to kind of keep their head above water with the loss of um, Vasilevsky, 5-3-3. Three, three. Toronto, just very average. They got the great start from Matthews with the six goals and, and what, only two since then. They're 5-4-1, and one. had a tough loss to Buffalo on Saturday. The Bruins 9-1-1 one, one in Dallas to take on the Stars, 7-2-1, so that's a good one at 8 o'clock and a 10 it's the Oilers and the Canucks again. Remember, these two teams played early in the season. and The Canucks took advantage with two wins. Oilers still struggling 2-7-1. Their only two wins came against Nashville, which was avenged on Saturday with that 5-2 win. And their win against Calgary in the Heritage Classic, 2 struggling team somebody had to win that game and the Canucks have been just terrific eight two and one to start their season so that'll be the 10 o'clock start so that'll be fun very interactive on Wednesday at Don Lagreca. hashtag game misconduct so you got any questions comments we get a little deeper into the season we're a month in now fun stuff to take a look at where you've got the same three teams in the Metropolitan Division that ended last year not in the same order but Rangers Devils and Hurricanes the top three but Detroit's been um, been good. A bit of a surprise. Uh, Winnipeg, I think, has been a little bit of a surprise too. In third place, out in the Central Division, and Vancouver uh, has been the surprise in the Pacific. Uh, but otherwise, it's uh, been a few. Montreal's up, off to a better start than possible. Pittsburgh, you know, we can we can get a discussion with this. I know a lot of Penguins fans listen to this podcast and you know they missed the playoffs last year and they double down we're getting Carlson and obviously keeping Letang and Malkin last year um, EJ talked about it last week about like what do you do I mean both are very competitive organization you've got a new general manager there that probably is itching to rebuild Crosby wants to win they keep doubling down to try to win another one for Sid but are they really that close and should that team start thinking about the future now they're four six and oh it's not that crazy when you take a look at where they stand in in wild card position, they're way down. I mean, it's still very very early in the season, but still only four points out of a playoff spot. But you've got you know Columbus, Philadelphia, Washington, Florida, Buffalo, Montreal before you even get to Toronto. That's got that second spot. So you're four and six and just uh, haven't played all that well. Although they are coming off that destruction of San Jose, uh, but still uh, you just wonder. If this continues, will you ever see the possibility of Sidney Crosby playing someplace else? But probably conversation for another day. So we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.